2023 season. I'm Nick, joined as always by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad behind the scenes, making it all go. Hey, hey. And Coach Woody. Hey, everybody. All right, boys, we're back. I know it's only been a few days since we did, did the show. Uh, for those of you that are out there watching us live, this is uh, probably going to be uh, much more of our normal format this this season with Monday nights, kind of using this virtual format. We're trying out some new software. Got a lot of positive feedback from folks over the weekend. Appreciate all that. Um, but yeah, this is probably Monday nights is probably going to be our jam a lot of the time, unless something really gets exciting and we get all excited and have to pack up our gear and go out to the haze, which, you know, I, I think could probably happen before it's all over with. But for right now, we're going to kind of settle in and do some, uh, do some Monday nights with you live on YouTube, and then we'll post the podcast later. Uh, boys, it was um, it was a long but productive weekend. How are we feeling? Glad to have baseball back. It was a great weekend. Uh, glad to be back at the Hayes, man, and seeing another uniform out there. Um, I know we've been in several scrimmages, and I know the players were tired of playing against each other, and uh, chomping at the bit to uh, do some damage on somebody else. So finally glad to see that. And do some damage we did, Coach Woody. You guys got three out of four, which we're going to go through the weekend and talk about that. But um, just uh, o- overall, Woody, you, you got week one under your belt. Uh, how how good you feeling, man? Yeah, I feel – thanks. I, I, um, I feel great. You know, it's um, – you kind of have to you learn a lot about yourselves in a in a hurry uh, once you once you start the season because it's you know the games count and uh, you know it's uh, you kind of you learn on the fly but um, you know I couldn't be couldn't be more proud of of the response on Saturday and Sunday from our players um, you know sometimes when sometimes when you drop a game you can kind of just look at your you can kind of just look at the team and tell a lot by just kind of like the way they were looking at you after a loss. And they kind of had this look about them Friday after game one. And we certainly talked about a few things, but I was like driving home Friday night. And I was like, I was like, I really like, I really like what I saw in terms of just the looks on their faces after the game. And um, cause I really think that tells, I really think that tells a lot. They, uh, and to their credit, they showed up on a mission Saturday it's very difficult to win both games of a doubleheader, no matter who you play, much less a team like Ball State that's coming off a 40-win season, um, you know, preseason number one in the MAC, which is a, a really good baseball conference. And, um, you know, so to take those two games and then, and then to come back on Sunday and, you know, yesterday and do, do what we did um, after trailing a couple times nonetheless – uh, we learned a lot of positive things about our club, I believe. All right, coach, we're going to, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of, of the series and kind of take a look at some of the performances and stuff, but let's, let's, let's move back to last week. First, um, you guys got the idea to do uh, a really cool event at the Hayes uh, on Wednesday night. You guys hosted uh, your first ever student home run derby. Mm-hmm. Um Talk, talk a little bit about that. That was really cool. 
What's that? I kind of broke, kind of lost service for a second there. Talk about what? Oh yeah, the student home run derby. Talk about yeah. talk about how that went. That was your first ever event, or the time you did that, and uh, you had a great turnout. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was. Uh, yeah, we kind of got together as a coaching staff a week or two before that, and just had the idea of of um, um, you know doing something like that and opening up the field, kind of just you know give back to the the students that we really we really need and want to to come out and, and full force this spring and let them have some fun and, and good time and get to know our coaching staff and get to know our players. And, um, you know, just because I think, I, I just think, you know, if, the, if the students and the fans, you know, much like we do this, you know, the more, the more people get to know our coaching staff and our players, I think the more invested people become and the more invested people become, then the more enthusiastic they are about, you know, supporting and coming out and that sort of thing. So just, you know, wanted to kind of give back to the students that, um, <clears throat> And had a really fun event, and uh, I think we had about 50 registrants and about probably another 50 to 75 who didn't even hit. They just watched and cheered for their friends, and uh, had perfect night of weather. And it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. It's absolutely something we'll do every year from here on out. Yeah, really cool. So um, producer Brad's got this teed up. I, I I took one of the the first people publicly on social media to announce their participation uh, in said student home run derby is actually uh, someone from across Phillips Road over there at the Sioux uh, All American reigning All American uh, Conference Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Boo Vinoy said, I'm all in, coach. I want to go. I, I want to hit dingers at the Hayes. Um, and she was, she made good on her promise. She came over and um, was, she brought her softball bat with her, but she was hitting baseballs off the, uh, off the hack attack machine. And um, we, we captured a little video of how it went with Boo. Let's, um, let's see if we can show everybody that. how cool is that so cool that's uh that's 335 down the line there uh for those of you not familiar 335 and um i mean i'm not calling i i'm definitely not calling any names because my name my name would get called if i stepped in that cage uh there were some there were some dudes there that were trying to put one out that that didn't and uh, Boo kind of showed him up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she's got the she's got the best swing on campus. So I don't think anybody I don't think anybody on Phillips Road was surprised, uh, you know, for her to do that. It was certainly it was a really cool moment, though. Uh, I mean, our players were jacked up, um, the students were jacked up, and you know, I mean, that's something. Honestly, I think you know five, 10 plus years from now, like you're like people, people still look back and say, Hey, I mean, Boo's leaving a legacy across the street and do just doing incredible things, you know, for our softball program. And, you know, that's just going to be something, you know, that's just part of the legacy is like, Hey, remember, you know, remember when she did that at the Hayes and da, 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 like it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty, that is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> And speaking of pretty cool things, Nick Nick and I got to participate in something pretty cool in the pregame before opening day uh, again. Um, 
it was a great honor that we were asked to come out and throw out the first pitch again to open up the season at the Hayes. Um, the goal of ours was to to just get it there in the air, and we both did it again. Um, started off the season great. Um, unfortunately, the second year in a row, uh, we've lost all on opening day. So I'm going to take a, a second here to announce our retirement from throwing out the, the first pitch on opening day. Um, since our record is 0-2, uh, figure we are hurting the team more than we're helping. So we're going we're gonna to retire and, and, and let someone else do it next year. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, just to echo what Kevin said, I um, want to thank everybody um, at UNC Charlotte, Charlotte 49ers and Charlotte Baseball. Um, it's been a, a wonderful two-year run. Um, uh, Going to miss it, but uh, I am looking forward to being able to spend more time with my family in the stands on opening day and uh, excited about this next chapter in my life. So thanks, everybody. We're we're officially retired. <laughs> TV 12, Diamond Niners. <laughs> um, by, by the way, I, I did. Kevin, you did a, you did a good job. You, you kind of you, you got the ball in there. Um, I, I got grief for lobbing the ball in there. And my dad, my dad was the first one to jump on me as I came off the field. And I didn't even care. Um, as I explained to him, if, if I – if I lollipop it in there today, I have to hear about it the rest of the day. If I bounce it in or sail it over their head, hit the backstop, I don't ever hear the end of that. So I went safe and, you know, just kind of you know, floated it in there. Right. And that's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that was the bad thing. Maybe that was the bad luck. I don't know. No. Well, the thing we're going to hear about for a while is, uh, is Austin Knight was telling us we had to go from the mound. We couldn't do it that's from in front of the mound. And, we were trying to get close, as close to the mound as we could, and um, you were, you were trying to get as close to the mound as you could. I was trying to get as close to the plate. <laughs> well, when you're out there, it, it looks like if there's a hundred yards between you and the catcher when you're standing out there, throwing a first pitch, no warm ups, and an opening day crowd cheering you on. It it, it looks like a hundred yards. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, hey, it was fun. While it was a fun run while it lasted, we just we pre like I said, appreciate everybody that uh, you know allowing us to to chase our dreams, uh, you know our first pitch dreams. But um, we're moving on, and we're gonna move on. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, our first weekend with the video board, Woody. This is th this was <laughs> this was a uh, a weekend uh, over thirty years in the making uh, since nineteen eighty nine. Um, new video board installed. I know you guys, um, <laughs> oh, we're getting chat. We're getting kind of the university of Arden wore my helmet in the stands. Well, good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we didn't hit you university of Arden. Uh, I'm telling you, we are so big in Arden. Um, I would say that this was, this was a momentous occasion to have the video board up there. I know you guys are still working on some functionality and, and everybody will kind of be just like they are at the Sioux, kind of getting it programmed and, and getting it up and running. But um, pretty cool to have that up and running. And uh, it, it, in a weird way, it almost felt like it had always been there. I, I don't know, Kevin. Is that is that how you felt? It's just, it just it no. was it eventually. It took me a long time to get used to it um, uh, being there. And 
uh, I don't know. We got a lot. There's a lot of information put up on that. Uh, so it was great to not have to stay on your phone, have to line up and all that on in, in front of you. Great to have stats up there. Great to have all kinds of information. Um, but yeah, still still trying to get used to it a little bit. It's only been it's only been up been thirty something years since we've had a new board. So uh, trying to get used to the new one. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, so, and I, I can't tell, and I, I may just have to communicate with producer Brad here. Woody, have we got you? Yeah, I'm here. Um, did did y'all did I lose video? Hold on. Is that, is uh, yeah, I think you just I think you just lost video. We can hear you. Let me. See. <laughs> yeah, I I love live entertainment. Am I back? No, you're 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 just you're. We hear you, but we don't see you. Hmm. <laughs> all right yeah well, actually i think this show would get better ratings if you probably could just hear but not see me but all right well i'm i'm gonna sign out and i'm gonna sign back in yeah Shut jump up. off jump back on we'll stay right here we aren't going anywhere yeah we can talk about the tailgate nick you can talk about yeah we saturday. yeah so our, our first opportunity to tailgate on saturday um Got out there, you know, it was uh, with the double header. Uh, we decided to do a little light breakfast tailgating um, before the, the noon game. Uh, then we, we ate lunch in between. Uh, man, this stuff gets better every year. Uh, you know, yet last year was the first year they did the reserved, um, the reserved parking with tailgating and, um, and it got better as the season went, but it's just continuing to go. Um, if you're out there and you're, you're watching this show or you're listening back later, um, not only are you invited to the tailgate, you are now officially invited to the tailgate. You have also been empowered to invite other people, uh, to come to the tailgate. So, uh, right out lot 23, um, the, the, what we call the, the old circle lot or the ellipse lot right out in front of the haze. Um, we're, we're going to be right back out there this Saturday, uh, with the, the game starting at two o'clock. Uh, the, the lot should open at 10. Weather's looking well, weather's looking okay for now. Um, we'll be back out there uh, starting 10 a.m. on on Saturday. And um, it's it's a double dip Saturday uh, out there. Softball's going to be at home as well. And they've got some folks coming out to tailgate. So uh, we're just continuing to grow in numbers. Uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I missed the first game with uh, parental duties, but got there right after the first game and participated with you guys. It was a really good crowd. Uh, I got to meet a few folks that I hadn't met before. It was uh, really nice. Cool seeing people that um, I hadn't seen in a while also. But uh, that crowd's getting bigger and bigger. Um, uh, it's been a long time coming. We, we, we've had a, we've had great tailgates in the past, and it's, it's good to see that continuing on in the future. Um, yeah, we're, gonna keep, we're just going to keep going. Uh, right, keep we, going we we could talk about some accolades while he's not. There he is. Oh no, there he is. <laughs> hey, we were we were getting feedback while you were away that uh, mm. I, there was at least one vote that came in for the black screen. Mm. Um, I, I'm not going to tell you who that was. Uh, Ratings anyway. went up temporarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I I don't think so. Well, we were just talking tailgating while you were away, something that we never talk about and hardly know anything about. But we were we were talking about the tailgate and how that's that's continuing on and um, hope as many people can as possible can come out this Saturday because we'll be right back out there. Um, 
But let's let's talk about let, let's just jump into the Ball State series, Coach. Um, you you had you knew you had four games coming in. We're we're, we're playing we're playing five games in five days, uh, including Clemson coming up tomorrow night, which we'll get to. Um, but on opening day on Friday night, you went uh, you gave the ball um, to uh, Kentucky transfer Wyatt Hudipole. Yeah, no, Wyatt's been. Um... You know, he's he's been a worker and a leader from day one that he stepped foot on campus here. And it's just been really cool to see, you know, he and a number of guys have really progressed and developed. Um, but, you know, from, you know, where, you know, I, I recruited Wyatt actually when I was at UNC as an assistant coach. And, uh, you know, I, 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 so like this would have been, I want to say it was uh, the spring of 2019. I flew up to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I watched Wyatt throw throw a bullpen in a gymnasium. And I was standing next to uh, Jim Bellinger, who was the pitching coach at Kentucky and who's now actually the pitching coach at Clemson. Um, and he and I were standing there, and along with Wright State, we were the only three schools there. And, um, you know, for one reason or another, you know, Wyatt went to Kentucky, but, um, you know, I – really want you know I really wanted to coach him and and so as soon as I saw that he was in the transfer portal you know we uh we kind of acted quickly and recruited him the whole summer I mean he was pitching up in Cape Cod and um you know just really he he had he knew Spencer Keesting pretty well um so there was a connection there and and thankfully Spencer had great things to say about our program and um it's not surprisingly but you know, our players are our best recruits. And uh, so Wyatt, you know, after a full summer of playing in the Cape and us trying to convince him to come to Charlotte, did so. And it's just been really cool to see, yeah, you know, his progression. I mean, he, he's one of the first guys at the, at the ballpark every day, one of the last guys to leave. And he's gotten so much stronger and mobile and moves moving better. And, uh, you know, he's gone from, you know, kind of touching 91, 92 in the fall to um, hitting 97 five times last Friday in a start for us. So, uh, it's, it's, you know, couldn't happen to a better, a better guy and a harder worker. And, um, he's just in a short span has really established himself as one of our, one of our leaders on our pitching staff and our team. Yeah, coach, we saw a lot of great pitching and, and why it was, was the headliner, uh, from for, for the Niners. Hale Sims pitched great out of the pen. Um, I don't, I didn't, didn't, didn't have any velo numbers, but, um, he was it felt like he was had some really high velocity up there. Uh, Ball State had some great pitching as well. Certainly a pitcher's duel for opening night. Uh, talk about a little bit about the pitching on both sides and 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 how that game went. Yeah, I thought um, I thought their guys threw tremendous. Um, you know, we had the we kind of had the starter on the ropes there in the first inning and a couple times early on and. Um, credit to him for making big pitches when he needed to and their defense for making plays when they needed to. And, um, you know, we kind of ran ourselves out of some things, just some, honestly, just kind of some over anxiousness, which, you know, if you're going to make mistakes, be, you know, be, be aggressive. <clears throat> um, so kind of had a little bit of that. And then they brought in a preseason all American and Ryan Brown. And, um, he kind of, uh, started some of his own fires and then put his own fires out. And I mean, he was really tough. So the fact that, 
you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where a team's walked 15 times and only scored a run, but you know, that's baseball and, and uh, great players step up and make great pitches and great plays and big hits when it counts. And that, you know, he's a preseason all American for a reason. So we anticipated it being a, you know, a lower, a lower scoring game. Um, just unfortunately we came out on the, on the short end of that one. Um, but then, you know, like you said, the guys, you know, hail, hail through tremendous for us game one and um, great seeing Aubrey Gillentine come in there with a big punch out for his first appearance with us. He's going to be a, a huge piece to our pitching staff. Um, you know, AJ Wilson, I know he didn't, and I know he, he was frustrated with the bat that he had, but he's, you know, people close to the program know AJ and how much he, how much of a competitor he is and how much he cares about this program and uh, how hard he's worked to come back from, um, you know, a, a minor, you know, uh, elbow surgery, which, you know, I use the word minor loosely because it's part of his harm. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and so it's just for, you know, that's his first time seeing another uniform since, since that part of the process, he's obviously faced hitters in the preseason, but uh, yeah, it was just, that was kind of, that was kind of game one. And, and uh, we talked about, we already talked about the post game kind of look in their eye and give our players all the credit. They, they showed up Saturday ready to roll and they weren't, they weren't satisfied with, you know, the, the, the two games on Saturday and came back Sunday still on a mission. So I give them a lot of credit. So coach, we, you know, we, we take a look at a lot of, um, of course we're, we're even a part of a lot of online traffic as far as uh, conversation about the baseball program and uh, various games. And there was, there was some discussion after Friday night's game and I'd be interested to get your comment on it. And, yeah. and I didn't always follow exactly the, the line of thinking, but, but Friday night's game uh, inspired uh, online, a discussion of, of bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that we had that many, there were that many opportunities to, to utilize that. Although I did see one person, um, arguing that maybe we should have bunted with the bases loaded, but, uh, and, and tried to squeeze a run home, but comment on that. Uh, but in, in general, uh, Friday night's game, as you pointed out with it's, it's odd to see a team get walked 15 times and then lose two to one. Um, did you see any role for laying down a potential bunt somewhere in there? That's, that's just the, yeah, they we, didn't, actually, we talked they about didn't it. We that talk- question, but they did, they did talk about that question. So I'm submitting it on their behalf. Oh yeah. I mean, well, every, you know, coach, coach Sebiar and I, you know, Co- coach Bick, like before the inning comes up, we talk about those things, you know, if, and when this guy, you know, if, when this guy gets on base and, you know, we're in this situation, this guy comes up, you know, what do we, you know, we talk about those things before the inning starts. Um, and then as the inning transpires, you know, Coach Bix at third and Coach Sebas and I are in the dugout. And, you know, um, we're still having those conversations and that sort of thing. Um, we just felt like, you know, we, we were really having not a lot of, we weren't having much issues getting runners on base. And, you know, it's one thing if like, it was a pitcher's duel, but like, you know, we weren't having any really many problems getting guys on base and we felt like it was really just a matter of time before, you know, we, we knocked a ground ball through or drove one in the gap or hit one out. And, you know, there's just certain guys in our lineup, like, you know, our, our fan base can just know, like, they're just not going to bunt. Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) 
like Will I'm, Butcher. I'm just I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say necessarily, but like they're just not they're just not gonna do it. Like they're gonna they're not gonna bunt and they're gonna they're gonna have green lights a swing three zero all the time. Yeah. Like there's just certain guys in our lineup that that's that's gonna be the case. Um, you know I certainly understand. Um, you know if you could automatically guarantee that you know, the player was going to successfully execute a bunt, which we do practice. Um, mm-hmm. If you could guarantee that. So in, in practice, we also get to see how good or not good they are at bunting. Um, mm-hmm. So we're certainly not going to ask players to, to bunt whom haven't shown the ability to really do so at a very successful clip, especially when they're as good at hitters as they are. So, yeah. There's kind of that element. And then, you know, um, there's just no, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's just guys in our lineup, like all of a sudden, you, you know, you get, you foul off a bunt. Now you've got runners in scoring position. You bunt a ball foul. Great. Now you got a strike on you. You bunt another one foul. Great. Now all of a sudden you put a guy in a two strike count and you just, you just really kind of, you know, the outs are very valuable and we don't like giving them away. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we feel like there's guys on our team that are certainly higher percentage guys to be, to, to lay bunts down um, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, when, when we see as many guys getting walked and walked and walked, like I'm just going to always believe that Austin Knight, Josh Pratchett, Caden Hobson, Will Butcher, Blake Jackson, Cam Fisher, Brandon Stallman, Jack Dragon, J.D. Suarez, Eli Wiesner, Spencer Nolan, Dante DeFranco, Cal Clark, Drew Tendler are all – Huck Wathen are all going to drive in somebody yeah. like every one of our hitters can hit. So, you know, it just, uh, not to say that we're never going to bunt and that, but, and we certainly practice it. Honestly, we probably practice it too much for how little we're going to do it. Um, so that would probably be the other discussion, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, there's times where there's, there's times, but, Honestly, I, I felt like the hitter that the hitter that there was two there was two situations where I really thought the bunt was in play, and um, it's a fair discussion. Uh, I just felt like actually knowing our hitters, I, like I feel like I do. I actually, in my experience, I felt like one he was either had going to have a tough time keeping it fair, or two it was it, we were actually going to be at risk for popping a, bunt, a ball up in the air. Um, because Ryan Brown's not he ain't he's not the easiest guy to bunt off. I mean, if you're sitting there watching like nothing mm-hmm. straight, everything's everything's diving and fading and kind of slicing. So, you know, if you if you think if you think bunting Ryan Brown is gonna be easy, like it's just not. So let's uh let's let's stop talking about bunting and then let's talk about some well, things. Yeah, let me let me just let me just add it's, in. A good, it's a good let's discussion. Just add in. It's a good discussion. Hey, let me just be clear about something. I was not commenting on Butch's ability to bunt. I was commenting on Butch's ability to swing a bat. And I know which one I'd rather see him do. Because <laughs> well, Butch hits baseballs real hard. Blake Jackson attempted a really Blake Jackson attempted a really nice bunt down the first base side and he did. You know, bang bang. He did. So we'll, there we have guys in our lineup that that, you know, there's it, it's we're capable. It's just a matter of do we feel like certain occasions is optimal? Like we're not a risk. We're not a very risk averse coaching staff. Like we, we don't make a lot of decisions like out of fear of failure or like, 
you know, like if we feel like we have an opportunity for like a five run inning, we're not going to play for one run. That's just so. Yeah. All right. Well, Friday's in the books. Saturday, long day. Um, we mentioned some dingers. We, we saw Caden Hobson go yard. We saw Austin Knight go yard. Uh, Niners put up nine runs in each game. Uh, pitching looked great. Uh, Donya Evans in game one. Uh, and then we uh, – game two, lots of good pitching. I think both games, 9-4, 9-5. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of offense for the Niners. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, bounce back. You talk a little bit about um, Friday night, the looks on their face. They were ready to come come to play on Saturday. Talk a little bit about Saturday, Coach. Yeah, I mean, just, um, you know, typically before doubleheaders, we hit inside. And in the past when we've done that, knock on wood, like, think good things have happened. So um, we had a really great – Great round of BP in the cages with the guys, and um, you know, game two, game two started out, and um, you know, they're they're just um, they came ready to play. You know, it, it was pretty you know pretty simple. So we 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 kind of stuck to our approach and we stuck to our preparation, and um, you know, tried to drive up some pitch counts and look for our pitches to hit, and um, played really good defense in both games of the doubleheader, really too, which I'm really proud of, and I felt like. We, we made a clear adjustment on the base pass as far as learning from game one. So, you know, one of our biggest weaknesses game one was base running. And so it was kind of like if we do everything the same and we run the bases better, then good things will happen. And so felt like we did that Saturday and the results showed it and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but Niners were down early both games. Um, talk a little bit about the uh, getting down early and then bouncing back. Yeah, um, I guess a good way to describe it is, you know, we've talked about kind of playing chess this past offseason for the, you know, and and tournament up in D.C. and how I played it a lot growing up. But, you know, it's it kind of at times it feels like sometimes you you sacrifice a pawn or a bishop or a knight in the in the early part of the game. And, you know, certainly not ideal, but it doesn't mean the game's over and it, you know, you can play you can outplay your opponent for the rest of the game and still win. So that's kind of the way it felt like, you know, in those games where it's just kind of like we're sort of cruising and then we, we, we walk a guy on three, two count or walk a guy on a four Oh count and then a three, two count. And then, um, you know, a guy puts a good swing on a, on a heater. And, um, next thing you know, it's a three spot right there. So, um, you know, it felt, it felt like we kind of hung a piece uh, in the early game. But like I said, to our team and our guys' credit, we just kept playing and battled back. And um, I was really impressed with, like, we the, – the, be, the best teams, in my opinion, they don't really look at the scoreboard a whole lot in terms of the score and the innings and that kind of thing. They just kind of – they just kind of go about it like like we just played until they told us to stop kind of thing and – Weren't, we weren't consumed with how many, like how much time was left in the game and that sort of thing. So we saw in that first game, Coach um, Kevin mentioned, um, Caden Hobson put a, a a fantastic swing on a ball that he launched over 
probably somewhere in the vicinity of the softball stadium. Um, and, and that actually got a lot of run, uh, that, that kind of went viral on social media. Um, a couple different accounts were, were tweeting about, uh, hops, um, uh, not, not his, his batting stance and, and the swagger with which he, uh, he carries himself. Um, that is, and I gotta say, I mean, and I think the tweet with the original tweet said something like this, when you can do a leg kick like that and still hit the ball 500, 500 feet. Um, he makes that work for him. Yeah. Caden's awesome. Like he's, you know, he's, he's kind of added that. I think he added that leg kick uh, early on last year. And so it's just gotten better and better and better. The timing and the feel and the repeatability of it. And um, you know, it's just, when he's when he's going good, it's really fun to watch. He's, um, you know, I think he I think he leads the nation right now for us with nine walks and on base seven twenty two. Mm-hmm. So, when you're getting on base at a seven twenty two clip, then you're doing something right. And that um, was cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. I like I, lo- I love seeing. It's fun after wins when um, you know you've, I've got friends or family, people sending me, you know, kind of stuff, and and uh, you just get to see the videos or the pictures of your players having a just having a blast and having fun like that's the coolest thing um because that's the way it's supposed to be and um you know there's i think there's an element to where the game's kind of changed where the best players in the game are kind of doing that stuff in terms of the bat flips and tosses and um you know tatis jr doing the like you know, whatever that step is before third base, there's just, you know, that's just kind of the way, that's just kind of the way the game's kind of gone. And um, I just always say, as long as you kind of keep it directed at our dugout, then, and not the other team's dugout, then I'm, I'm good with it. It's kind of what I've adapted to and we're on the first base side. So yeah, I know, I know Caden and Nighty flipped their bats pretty good, but they flipped it at our dugout, which is where the bat's going anyway. So it's kind of the way I look at it. So yeah, that, that um, if you haven't, if you're out there and you have not been able to see the angle from the center field camera on hop um, his, his right foot is in the strike zone. Uh, when, when he, when he winds up and, and, and kicks the leg, his, his right foot is in the strike zone before he lunges forward at the ball. Um, really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, the, the bat flip Austin's bat flip got some run as well. Um, because he 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 carried the bat with him a ways uh, after his homer, and um, and he put a pretty good flip on it as well. Yeah, they've they've, they've certainly they've certainly uh, set the bar high opening weekend. So I'm can only imagine what Will Butcher, Cam Fisher, Blake Jackson, and those guys all have. You know, because that's just how they are. They compete at everything. So now it's good. I'm sure it'll turn into who can have a better bat flip and. Like I said, as long as it just stays stays at our dugout and it stays in, you know, it doesn't doesn't get directed at the other team and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, I mean, those are both really big home runs too. You know, it's like it's not like we're it's not like you're doing it, you know, up ten kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's those are those are those are really big swings of the bat that um, change the game. And you know, the game's supposed to be fun. So, Kevin, I got an idea. You know how when when um, when a player is is helping like uh, the you know the, the on deck guy goes up there and retrieves the bat for the guy who's hit a foul ball, 
and he stands it up, you know, on its end. Mm-hmm. What if instead of doing a bat flip, what if you hit a home run and then just stood the bat on home plate and left it there standing while you circled the bases and then picked it up as you came in and, you know, just left it right there. Just stand it up on the plate. I don't know. That, that could be the next big thing. Yeah. That's like the anti-bat flip. Is I'm going to stand the bat on its on its barrel and let it stand here on home plate until I get back. I don't know. Somebody should, you know, somebody just needs to try that and see if it if it if it works. I don't know. It's an idea. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask Woody uh, which one he liked better, but probably not a good question. Which bat flip he liked better? <laughs> bat flip. I liked, and I, liked, all- I, I liked them both. I liked them both. Yeah, <laughs> I liked them. They both. were. It's hard for me to choose too, Coach. It was, but yeah, it, they were both big homers, um, like game changing, momentum yeah. changing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's you got there's teams now you can't have props outside the dugout, but now teams are like tossing bats like sledgehammers and stuff like that. Like we're not doing that. Um, you know, we're it's just you know our guys our guys watch major league baseball and major league baseball players do that. And it's really hard for me to tell our guys to not try to be like major leaguers. So <laughs> that's what they want to be. That's what they want to be. So, and I don't blame them. Yeah. So that game produced uh, uh butch was also two for three with a couple uh ribbies in that game. Hops uh, stat line ended up being uh, rather unusual looking um, in game one on Saturday. Caden was one for one. With, uh, with a home run, three RBIs, and three walks uh, to go along with two runs. So um, I feel like it, it, it feels like uh, with as far – this is – and we're going to talk about this, but you have a very plate-disciplined team. Um, but it feels like a catcher always has a, a, a leg up on that competition because if anybody knows the strike zone, especially umpire to umpire, if anybody's learning that umpire strike zone, it's that catcher, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. I've always felt like catchers, some and have always had a knack for knowing the zone and plate discipline and swing decision and that kind of thing. Even like you know, I'm I'm getting old now, but you know, even 15 years ago, you know, when I was finishing up college baseball, I mean, I've Chris Ionetta, Tim Federovich, Benji Johnson. He was a little bit more of a freed swinger, but Tim Federovich and Chris Ionetta, both big leaguers that I got to throw to as a college player. Um, I felt like every time watching those guys hit, they knew exactly where the ball, you know, whether the ball was in the zone or not. And, you know, that was a little bit pre-track man and, and pre lots of talk about swing decision and that kind of thing. They, they, they called it different things back then, but, um, yeah, just up. Uh, you're right. Catchers have always kind of had a knack for that is they see thousands and thousands of pitches from their perspective. I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go a little uh, side topic here, coaches. A little discussion in the in the stands and throughout college baseball this weekend was the with the pitch clock. Yep. Um, we saw a couple of balls called in in our series, um, and I've seen uh, online and in other other places uh, throughout the country, strike threes were called uh, for the hitters violating that pitch clock. Talk a little bit about the the, the new pitch clock rule that and. and uh, explain a little bit about where the clock is kept. Is it second base? Is umpire in second base? Does he have a? Um, does he have the clock? Does he, he have the official clock? Uh, is there anywhere for else some for like the pitcher to see the clock? Is there? Um, I know we have it displayed on the video board. 
can you take us through a little bit about the, the logistics of this uh, pitch clock rule? Yeah, definitely. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's certainly controversial and it's certainly impacting the games. Um, you know, fortunately only with, you know, it got us one time with Paxton, um, you know, it didn't really affect the outcome too much, but uh, it affected Ball State a little bit more frequently. But yeah, no, it's controlled up in the booth by, um, you know, it's administered by someone on, not our coaching staff, but, um, you know, our athletic department um, who's fluent on the rules and when to, when to start and stop it and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, so it's controlled, it's controlled up in the booth and it's, you know, it's, it's a bit controversial, controversial from the standpoint that, you know, it's, I mean, it can, it, like you, to your point, I mean, it's a ball is put on, a ball is added, you know, it can lead to a walk. It can lead to a strikeout from the hitter's perspective. And um, it's not kept by an umpire. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like the shot clock in basketball in a sense. And um, I don't know, it's, I'm for it. I think it's, I think it's fine. Um, I think it's something that we just as players and coaches have to adjust to. I just, I would like for an umpire in the booth to be running it. I think that would just make it more politically correct, you know, but then there comes in the whole thing of, you know, we have three officials, we're paying three officials on the field per game. And now you're gonna have to pay a fourth official who sits up in the booth and, you know, or if you have four officials on the field, you have a fifth official in the booth and, you know, so then it turns into a, a budget thing and, you know, and then, so, but I think that's, that's where I think it should be an umpire that, you know, in some form or fashion that runs it. Um, not that, you know, I mean, our, our, our administrator, you know, did it accurately and um, the umpires confirmed it was done accurately all weekend. Um, so I thought, our, I thought our crew did a great job, but, you know, I just think for the sake of, you know, you're the visiting team and you're, you're at another ballpark and, you know, you're focused on a lot of things, you know, pitch to pitch as a coach and, you know, you don't want to be worried, you know, thinking in the back of your mind that, Hey, this, you know, this visiting ballpark start starting the clock a little bit early on our guys and a little bit later for their guys, you know, I mean, I've never, haven't gotten there yet. I mean, our first road games tomorrow, but um, it'd just be nice to know that it, that an unbiased uh, official is, is, is running it. Um, even like I said, it's just not talking about this weekend, just kind of in a general a general scope um that, yeah that clock start that clock starts when the when the pitcher toes the rubber correct mm -hmm. yep and you have 20 seconds to either step off throw the first or make a pitch yeah you have to you if you pick you have it's basically there's two elements there's runners on there's runners nobody on base and there's runners on base so it's kind of like two buckets so um no runners on no runners on base. Um, you know, you can you've got a little bit more freedom and then runners on base. If you pick, you have to throw the ball. Um, you get one reset per at bat. So you saw um, you saw ball state a number of times like inside move to second base and not throw it one time or step off and fake th fake throw. And um, there was no penalty per se, uh, but you only get one of those per at bat. And um, yeah, so. You know, one little one little loophole that's probably, I mean, we haven't done it yet, but we've kind of, we've told our catchers that if 
there's ever a big spot with runners on base that you can, um, you know, if there's ever a big spot, like let's just say it's bases loaded and a full count and you see the pitch clocks getting ready to run down, you know, there it does say in the rule book that, um, you know, each team's catcher is permitted to call time and step in front of home plate and put on some form of a defensive alignment as many times as they would like. So we've told our catchers that if there's ever a spot where, you know, we, you know, we, we cannot have a, you know, a ball called against our pitcher and that sort of thing um, that they can call it that with runners on base, they can actually call time and bases loaded full count, two outs, no outs, one out kind of thing. They can actually see the clock ticking down they can call time and step in front of the plate and we just put a regular bunt defense on even though there's no threat of a bunt whatsoever they're allowed to do that as many times they would like so again we haven't had to use that yet but that's kind of our like emergency break (laughs) uh if we need one let me offer a different a different take on this coach um I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think we, I don't think we need this stuff. Um, I I think that we've, and there's already a a model for this. We've already seen this. Um, Back in, back in the nineties, NASCAR was one of the biggest things going. Mm -hmm. And they decided they needed to make NASCAR more like everything else so that more people would love them. And what they found out is by changing all of the, they made all these changes and people that didn't like racing still didn't like racing, but the people that liked racing liked it less here. People that like baseball just need to be able to watch baseball. Let's stop trying to change the game to make it appealing to people that aren't going to watch anyway. Yeah, and I'm friends with some of those people. We, I, I know them, and we're not getting closer to making them baseball people by this stuff. Hmm. Um, it's 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 not. We're not going to make them love us. Yeah. Okay. And and all we're doing is making it more complicated in the first place. Because I can tell you, I mean, what you're just talking about is listening. To you talk about what we could, what could potentially happen. The 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 opportunities for that to be used or misused or misinterpreted are endless. When, when, when a coach, when, when we're on the road and Caden steps out in front of the play, Oh no, I can do that. No, no, you can't just play baseball. Yeah. What are we, what are we doing? We're we're, we're trying to get people to love us that just aren't going to love us and just live with it. I, I don't know. That's my take. Yeah, it's uh, it is frustrating, you know. It's as a coach, it's frustrating that it's frustrating that you have to, you know. I mean, whether it's baseball or basketball or football or chess or whatever you're competing at, like, you know, the best of the best, they always know the rules and they know how to they know how to compete within the rules, like to the line, you know. And so it's it's frustrating that that you know. The fact that we even have to teach our catchers, you know, about like putting on a bunt defense to stop a a fake bunt defense to stop a 20 second violation with runners on base, you know, is like the fact that we have to spend time on that is frustrating. But, you know, 
it is what it is. And I tell people all the time too, like I'm 38 years old. I want to coach college baseball for a long, long time. And I don't really have a choice. Like I, like it's, you know, everybody has job, you know, everybody has a job and, you know, you either, I, don't, I won't go as far as saying adapt or die, but it's, you know, it's kind of, it kind of is what it is. Like I didn't make the rules. I, you know, it's my job to have our team, you know, play by them as, you know, as, um, competitively and advantageous for us as possible. You know, let's just let, let's just let people with the mental capacity to watch baseball do so and let everybody else go watch the bachelor. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's, let's just do that. It's a hot take, Nick. Baseball is a very, very old game and it, it has survived this long without a 20 second clock. Yeah. It's usually these types of decisions are usually in my experience are usually made by people that, you know, aren't going to, they're usually made by people that aren't going to be the ones that are physically in the dugouts or between the lines or standing behind a catcher. It's usually made by people that, um, you know, see the TV revenue and, um, you know, just, want to see a shorter game because they want to, I guess. I don't know. You know, it's, it's not made by coach. You know, these rules aren't, they are, they're not made by the majority of, you know, the coaches and the umpires and the players, I don't think. But um, like I said, it's either you kind of just adapt and and don't have much of a choice. Right. So let's go. uh, Kevin's itching to get me off my bachelor takes, so go go ahead. Dean Dean Smith probably didn't like the shot clock, but he adapted pretty well, I would say. Let's talk about Sunday, Coach. Um, Yeah. He hit two big big ones on Saturday. Um, Great pitching performances on the mound by the Niners. Um, Sunday, we we dig ourselves a hole again. Yeah, Um, we hung a rook. (laughs) Not a bishop or night. We hung a rook. Yeah. There and uh but and it was I don't think anyone in the building was really worried about that. We knew we kind of knew what was coming. Um we we knew what our office is capable of um from Saturday's games. Talk a little bit about the, the comeback, the big inning. I think it was the fourth inning or the third inning. Third, yeah. the third mm-hmm. inning. Talk about the third inning. Uh just uh getting on base. Getting getting in, taking what they give us. Um, yeah, we just really. I mean, we stuck to our plan offensively. Um, you know, that's that's what great teams do. Um, they they adjust. You adjust where you need to adjust. Um, which there certainly are. You know, in game, there's always adjustments to be made. But you know, it's not. It's rarely abandon abandon ship or abandon the plan. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of it's kind of just stay the course and um, I give our guys a lot of credit because, you know, you'll see teams all the time. They fall behind and all of a sudden now they start, you know, they, if their game is to steal bases, they'll stop stealing bases. If their game is to hit and run, they'll stop hitting and running. If their game is to, you know, take pitches and draw walks and that sort of thing, they, they, they swing more freely uh, to try to hit them, hit their ways back into it. And I was just really proud of our guys for, you know, and um, you know, coach Bick and coach Sieb, um, they do, you know, they, they really carry the message with the position players as far as, uh, you know, staying, sticking, sticking to their plan and not allowing the, 
you know, the things that, you know, the, the scoreboard to dictate kind of how we go about it. And they did that. And, um, yeah, we put up 12 runs and it was crazy. It was, uh, you know, just, it was, um, yeah, y'all saw it. it Taking what, taking what they gave us. Yep. Speaking of taking what they give us, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Um, you guys have have prided yourselves on plate discipline uh, for for a long time, um, and we, we talked a little bit about Hop and and what he's able to do. But really, this is this is a, a, a the entire team. Um, you guys drew fifty walks this weekend, I believe mm. is the number fifty. Yeah. Which really is unfortunate because forty nine is just would have been just really good. But I don't, 15. I don't hear, I don't hear many things in the stands. Honestly, over the course of the game, I did, I did, I did hear the gold mine reference that that was our forty ninth walk, and um, yeah, it was. And there was a forty nine. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever, as a player or a coach, I don't think I've ever seen. I've seen some crazy things at a baseball field. I don't know if I've seen that. And, um, you know, it was, and there's a, I mean, it was, that's a, that's a good ball state pitching staff. I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where our guys took a lot of, a lot of borderline pitches, you know, and kept working counts. Um, it was really, 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 really fun to see. I mean, we get jacked up for, you know, for a walk and for, you know, a big take, um, you know, when, when our, when our guys take a pitch that we understand like how hard it is to take some of these pitches, you know, and, and it's like, when guys do that, it's like, it's a big deal to our team. It's a big deal to our dugout because our guys work really hard at, at that. And, you know, with that, we have to work it, you know, when you get two strikes and, we feel like a pitch is actually two balls off and we take it. Like we have to, we've, we've worked really hard at not letting that kind of phase us too. Um, Cause there's always that element where, you know, if the umpire calls it a strike, it's a strike. And, you know, you have to play with, you have to play the game with what the game requires, um, you know, but it's uh yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal for our program. Um, you know, for myself as a, as a, Former, you know, as a as a, an assistant coach, that was a pitching coach primarily. You know, that was like the one of the first things I always looked at when I sit down and you know we play Clemson tomorrow and I break down Clemson's hitters and their offense. And before I even go hitter to hitter, I just my, the first thing I look at is like how many offensively, like how many walks do they have as a lineup and how many times they strike out because that in itself right there will just tell you if they're gonna if you have to have if we have to beat them in the zone or if we can try to beat them out of the zone on the mound. So, and, you know, and then you start to kind of, then from there, you know, you go and you watch individual film on guys and break them down and what we need to do. But, um, you know, it just tells a story, you know, if you'd never seen, like we've played one week and if you've never seen our team play, you can look at the stat sheet and just say, wow, like they're not going to chase, you know, they're not going to chase very much many pitches out of the zone. So, you know, it just, uh, it just kind of tells a little bit of a story and something that we've we've always prioritized and something that we've worked very hard at with certainly the last two and a half years since we installed TrackMan to use that as a big resource for our guys to to train that skill set on top of them already being really good at it and um, you know 
just, uh, yeah, it's just on top of them already being really good hitters. Um, it's also something we've prioritized in the recruiting process. Like if guys have that ability before they get here, then, you know, that's a good thing too. I, I'm not going to put you in a, I'm not going to put you in a position to comment on this, but I, I'm just going to, I'm going to call from my sounds thoughts. Like, it sounds like you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm I promise kidding. you I'm not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm going to, but from, from, from a perspective of being in the stands yesterday, it just got to the point where it was like the score. I mean, the walks, they walk, they, they issued 18 walks yesterday. Um, hit some more batters. Uh, anyway, school record. At, at a certain point, I felt like I was watching that scene in Cool Hand Luke where George Kennedy is beating up Paul Newman, and everybody he's beating him so bad, everybody just loses interest. <laughs> it was just like, oh my gosh, wow! You know, as as the runs are coming in, and and you guys are forcing more more free passes and walking runs in, and the the, the cheers even kind of just died down to a golf clap. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, now well, I know in the dugout you're viewing that from a total different standpoint, but I'm just like, oh god, we're just here we go. Well, the two things I would, you know, the two things that I would really just kind of comment on that front is like um, one I've, you know, I've been in, you know, the shoes that, that, you know, ball state was in yesterday. Like I've been in those shoes before, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, I don't think there's no coach in the country that hasn't. So, no, so have we, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, we, I know, I know what that feels like. It's not a good feeling, um, you know, but it's something that, when you're in this game, you have a mutual, when, when you're on the good side of it, like you just kind of appreciate it and know that, you know, there's, there, there will be a time where you're on the other end of it. So don't, you know, don't, we never kind of, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then, and then the other thing, the other thing um, I would say too, is like, um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but um you know, but they're, I mean, they're a really good, they're a really good team. And, you know, just, I think the day before, I mean, Mississippi state was up 10 to one and ended up losing mm-hmm. 14 to 13. So not to call out Mississippi state or anything like that. You know, my point is, is those kind of things happen. Right. To really, to really good teams like Mississippi state, like it's, it's, um, and other teams all over the country, like college baseball is a crazy, is a crazy game. It's why it's so great and, and why it's, you know, it's continuing to grow. And, and, you know, I think at a exponential rate as far as just viewers and that sort of thing in popularity, but it's like, you just, no game is really ever over. It's like, you know, I mean, Cam Fisher stole second yesterday and I think the fifth or the sixth inning when we were still, we were up 10, but it's like, we know ball States a really good team. They're capable of, you know, they're going to, they're not trying, they're, they're going to try to come back. <laughs> and so we just got to keep playing. And, you know, I've been in those shoes before every coach has been in those shoes before. And, um, you know, it just, uh, it's just kind of part, it's just one of those days, you know, fortunately for us, we were on the good side of it yesterday. And I mean, we've seen, uh, I mean, we scored 10 runs in an inning last year uh, and, and had scored 12 earlier in that game. So it's, it's possible, but see this, this kind of tying the two, the two topics together here. You're right. Baseball is a, is a, uh, it's a funny game. It's a wild game and the game is growing. And I think it's because of that, 
not because of any random clock that's ticking out. It's yeah, scary. there's – yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. It's it's um, it's not because of the clock. It's, it's the unpredictability, you know, of college yeah. baseball is – you know, my hair was all brown when I got here, and as you can see, it's we're, we're graying out. So, um, yep. you know, it, it's uh, – with Scott Jackson, who's the head coach at Liberty, he's a good friend of mine, and he actually told me, he's like, dude, he, he was like, enjoy your brown hair while you got it, man. Uh is funny. I, I kind of laughed at that at the time, but I, it always kind of resonated with me. Not that that's necessarily like a lot of stress, but uh, it's uh, it's it's funny. Well, well why don't we talk about top performers? Oh, oh sorry, Ken. I, I was getting. Uh, I was directing us on to a different topic. Uh, I was going to. I was just going to comment when you're when you're you're working with eighteen to twenty two year olds a lot. I'm sure you got some gray hairs um, popping up there. Yeah, now with COVID, eighteen to twenty-four year olds now. So it's uh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, but it's it's yeah, but it's awesome. It's 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 like the best age group. Um, you know they're they're it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and um, you know I think we all get into this coaching thing to have an impact and help the guys help the guys navigate, you know, those very kind of transformative years of their life, you know, going from, from high school to being in the real world, kind of bridge that gap and prepare, prepare them. And we just kind of get to use the game of baseball as that, that vehicle, um, which for the most part is a lot of fun at times it's challenging. All right. So let's, we'll move on now and talk about top performers, which has to start with, uh, with a discussion of uh, Austin Knight Um, had a tremendous weekend and there he is conference USA hitter of the week uh, announced today. I love this photo, by the way, Um, Kevin, I I think you, you described that as the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all in one picture. Um, So, you know, just, just comment on the weekend Austin had. Yeah, I mean, I I put out there on on Twitter today just that um, you know this day and age, like everything is such a result oriented business, not not business per se, but just sports in general. It's like you either you're either doing well or you're not, and there's no kind of uh, narrative. There's not enough narrative at times, and you know people. You know, a lot of people don't know or give credit to the fact that Austin. He he could have sat. He could have sat so many of our games, um, mm-hmm. you know, last year. But as you guys know, we really needed him, you know. And I give him a ton of credit. Like he stayed in there and hung in there. And um, if it was just about his stats and his his draft stock and all that stuff, then you know, which guys this day and age they can do. And you know, he would have come out. And he didn't do that. He stayed in there and he fought and and played the best defense he could possibly play for us, help us win games and um, competed, competed in the batter's box as, as best as he possibly could have last year and um, which we needed. And, you know, he went to the Cape and, and still kind of, he was healthier, but wasn't quite there yet. And then went home to Jacksonville and really got, you know, at a certain point in the summer and trained and, and, kind of healed and um, got back this fall and was just felt noticeably better and continued to train with coach McKibben and, um, you know, coach Sieb and the cages and that sort of thing. And, um, 
you know, his dad, his dad Palmer is, is, um, it's so, it's so cool. Sometimes I feel like he, you know, the Knight family lives in Charlotte, North Carolina with how frequently they're here. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, he knows, he knows Austin swing better than anyone. And, you know, so every time Austin goes home, you know, I know that, I know that, um, you know, he's in a good place and, and, you know, when he came, when, when he came back and, and I had a brief, you know, from winter break, his, his dad had, you know, he and I were texting a little bit and, um, you know, I don't mind sharing just that, you know, he was just, he was really pleased with where he was and, and which is certainly a good thing. And, um, you know, it really showed all preseason. I mean, Austin looked, has looked great the entire preseason and, you know, as his coach, I just, I, I know how big of a, I know how big of a um, player he is for our program. And, you know, you want your bet, you want every player to, to be healthy and to be having fun. And um, as a player myself that pitched with a hurt shoulder for four or five years, essentially, um, I know how, you know, there's a little bit, the game is, the game is fun. It's still fun when you're playing hurt and, you know, having some success, I guess, but there's always a piece of in the back of your mind that's like, you know, it'd be nice. It would be nice to be close to a hundred percent more frequently. And so, you know, I'm just really excited for Austin to, you know, to be healthy and, and feeling good because when he's healthy and feeling good, he plays like he's capable and he plays like he's capable. He hasn't, he's having fun and helping our team, you know, do what we did this weekend. So, um, yeah, a bit of a long-winded answer, but I just don't – I don't think the narrative at times with players, I think it's just kind of like, oh, he – you know, so from here on out, it's like if I – you know, if, if somebody else asked me, you know, one more – you know, one, two, ten more times about, you know, oh, like, you know, what you know what happened in 2022, it's like you guys don't understand. Like he, he gritted it out for us in 2022, you know, and it's like now he's getting paid off you know, hopefully right now in this season for, you know, for his selflessness last year, you know, he's, he gets the opportunity to show everybody this year, which is great. Kevin had a great tweet uh, about that. Um, the, the first, the first line of Austin's um, walk up song is guess I got my swagger back. Uh, and that's, I think that sums it up. Uh, cause he's, he's looking, he, he's looking, um, looking great. And the other thing I love about your answer there, your response to Austin is that you brought up Palmer because anytime Palmer comes up, I know right now he's, he, whether he's listening live or, or later, he's going, stop talking about me. Stop talking about me. Stop talking about me. So yeah. okay. we'll stop talking about you, Palmer, but, <laughs> but it was fun to do for a second. Um, yeah, yeah. speaking of Austin, it was, it was great to hear him speak at the first pitch dinner. As, a, mm-hmm. as a, one of the leaders of this team, and then to see him Saturday hit that we were down three, hit the three run homer. Yeah, and and D one baseball has a win probability thing now on their on their website. So we went from seventy five percent chance of Ball State winning, one swing at a bat, fifty five percent chance of the 49ers winning. That was pretty neat, and and you could feel the momentum. I mean, obviously the momentum just rolled downhill from there. We uh. And and that was that was the key to the weekend. That was that was the over, that was the uh, the play that 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 put us over the top for the weekend. I think. And we're waiting um, on that that breakthrough hit, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, what did I tell you about that win probability thing, Kevin? 
<laughs> he, he thought a 55% was too low. After that home run, he thought it was a little bit higher. Yeah, so so when 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 Austin hits that home run, we we go up to 55% chance of win winning and I think their math was wrong. I think they they missed a decimal point, didn't round because after he hit that ball, I moved us to 100%. <laughs> I know he tied the game, but after he did that, I and and looking honestly, looking at looking around at some of the folks wearing red and some of the folks wearing red down the dugout. After that happened, I was like, "Yeah, we just won this game." Well, look at the picture. Just look at the picture. <laughs> just look at the picture. It's it's captured right, right there. Right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> one guy's having one right, guy's there, having right, right there says one hundred percent. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's uh let's move on to another top performer. I had I had an eye on this weekend. Uh, Paxton Thompson. Talk a little bit about him. Um, Absolutely. Pitched a little bit last year, and then uh, yes, Saturday uh, had a great performance out of the bullpen for the Niners uh, in Game Two Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, that was that was awesome. You know, Paxton Paxton is so respected and so liked, and um just by every member of our program. And, you know, I think, you know, we were all, you know, last year's, last year's over. And we thought, you know, we've talked about that with Pax and like, he's been, you know, he didn't, he, he trained pretty much this whole fall, worked on some things and, um, you know, we kind of primed him to say, Hey, like, let's, let's get back to competing in the preseason and building you up kind of thing. And uh, right from the jump in, in January, he just looked, he just, he looked like the best version of himself hmm. uh, each and every time out. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he, he's, so it was great to see him carry it into against another uniform because we had been seeing it for about six or seven weeks leading up to this past weekend and um, just couldn't happen to a better person. And, um, you know, it's every player. I mean, there isn't a player in our program that doesn't have, some element of either a comeback story or overcome adversity or whatever it may be. And, you know, Paxton is just, uh, you know, he just really, he worked really hard to put himself in a position to have an outing like that. And we really needed it. I mean, that was, that was huge for our team. And um, it, I, I really think, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, I haven't talked to Cam about it. I'm pretty sure Cam, probably cam hansen probably sat there and watched Paxton and was like okay that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's a little bit of that you know just like hitting's contagious you know pitchers watch and they're like okay like that's that's what i that's what a that's what a, i need to do to be successful and you know i think paxton watched hail um you know i think cam watched um you know evan and um and paxton and just said okay like that's what that's what i'm gonna go do so it's promising because you know that he's, he, you know, a number of guys that pitched well out of the bullpen for us. They're capable of starting, and the guy, you know, vice versa. So um, it bodes well for our pitching staff that we've got a multitude of guys that can, you know, that can pitch, you know, two to three times through an order, whether it's the beginning of the game, the middle game, or the end game. So we need to talk about we we need to get around to talking about the um, uh, the week ahead, but let's try this. Let me try something out on you here and see. Um, there, there were some comments in the, in the, uh, the D one baseball chat, uh, today about, um, about the, you know, the, the new arms that we have coming in and, and pitching. And we saw some of those arms, um, this weekend, uh, Donye Evans got his first go as a Niner. 
um, was uh, was was effective. But I think we all know that Donye's got more than more than that. Um, and then you got you were able to give uh, on Sunday. You were able to give uh, Miles Langhorn a start and. I mean, if we did the math on this, I think, um, you know, that, that was the first time that Miles had been able to pitch in a, in a competitive game for, for a couple of years, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, due to various factors. Um, so you've got some young promising arms that uh, are you're bringing along and they're going to they're going to grow into their roles. Uh, but in the meantime, when I look down, the, when I look to the box scores, uh, coach. Um, when I look at this weekend, I, I'm noticing a trend that the guys that the guys that step forward, uh, Hale Sims guy that's been here, Aubrey Guillotine, I only made the one out, but it was key out, uh, solid veteran dude. that has been around the block. Cam Hansen guy that's been here. Evan Michelson guy that's been here. Paxton Thompson guy that's been here. Wyatt Hudapole guy that's been around the SEC these were you've got a mixture here is what i'm saying you've got some young guys to develop and bring along but those names i just called out those are all veterans of the guys who've been around the, you know been around the block a time or two um and and they they delivered the goods this weekend yeah i mean i think everybody everybody would love for just you know overnight success and instant you know hey let's just let's just recruit players and they're just instantly going to be good all the time. Like that would be awesome. But, uh, why don't you get on that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's just some, sometimes it's like that and sometimes it's not. And it's like every, I look at like every player has, you know, kind of, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an analogy. It's like, it's like some guys, you know, it's like, if you're cooking, if you're baking something, you're cooking something, which I'm not a very good cook, but it's like some things require like eight to 10 minutes. Some, some are 15 to 20, some are 20 to 25, some are, some are longer, you know, and it's just kind of like, all right, well, you know, this guy, you know, this guy, how do we speed up, you know, this learning curve or, um, you know, get him ready faster, whether, you know, and that sort of thing, or, you know, Hey, this, you know, it's just going to take some time. And, you know, while these guys, you know, while this guy, while this player is working on things and training and improving and developing, like, you know, it's just a matter of time until he's in there and he is one of those guys. Like we knew Paxton Thompson last year, like at some point he's going to be a big time piece for our pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we, we wanted it right away. It didn't happen, but here we go. And same thing with Hale Sims in 2021, you know, it was like um, we really, you know, we really wanted him to, um, you know, to kind of make an impact on our pitching staff and the program, that sort of thing. And it's just like, you know, 2022, next thing you know, you look up, eventually you start on Fridays. And, um, you know, it's it's like Cam Hansen started opening weekend for us last year and had some adversity. And, you know, he's just like one of the hardest workers and best teammates and very talented pitcher. It's just, it's just a matter of time until it clicks for these guys, you know. And so um, – we just kind of understand that. And, um, you know, we just we never, you know, it's just, I mean, you can watch Miles, you can watch Miles Langhorn pitch, you know, you can watch him throw three pitches and know that, you know, he's got a incredibly bright future and it's only a matter of time before, you know, he's really going to dominate any lineup in college baseball. You know, it's just uh, to your point, it's been, it's been, a long time since he's been out there and we know that and understood it. Like 
Um, so yeah, like it's, it's just part of the process. Yeah. It's just part of the process. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, I think I've referenced it before. I've gotten to coach Trevor Kelly, who was literally the last pitching pitcher on our pitching staff in 2011. And he, you know, next thing you know, two years later, he's a 12th rounder and he's in the big leagues with the Boston Red Sox. And Rob Wooten was a teammate of mine. He was the last player, you know, in our fall world series, the two teams, the, the players drafted two teams. He was the last player picked by his teammates. Three years later, he got drafted and got to the big leagues with the Brewers and, you know, I coached Austin Love in 2017. He wasn't even on our roster. He was a gray shirt that couldn't even throw bullpens, um, couldn't even throw bullpens like with the team at practice. Like we had to throw his bullpens before the team was dressed for pregame BP. And, you know, two years later, he's a Friday starter getting drafted in like the third round and just set the double A strikeout records in the Cardinals organization. So it's like, you know, you just, it's, you just coach, you just coach every player um, to the best of your ability and, you know, do your, you know, we all do our best to try to have it all sync up to where all the players are firing on all cylinders as much as possible, but it's not always the case. Well, why, I, I tell you what, um, why don't we do this? Cause, cause we're, why do, why do we always get into these good conversations and then we look up and it's I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, where'd all our time go? All right. we, um, just, we, we, we all love baseball and we, we love talking baseball. It's part of it. We could, we could literally do this for, we, we could do at any given moment, we could do like a three hour show. I'm completely convinced of it. And it wouldn't even be anything. We would just sit down and do it. This is where our audience starts logging off right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, like I said about baseball, if the bachelor's coming on or something and you need to go check it out, hey, I'm cool with that. It's whatever, right? Yeah. But we do need to talk about we need to talk about the 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 week coming up. You guys have got a big one. Um uh starting tomorrow, uh really in a few hours, and that's why we need to get we need to get off here so you can get get some dinner and some rest. But uh you guys are uh loading up and heading down to Clemson for a game tomorrow at four o'clock. Yeah, really good Clemson team. Um, you know, Coach Backich and new staff there. Um, you know, when he got hired, brought some really talented players with him from from his previous school at Michigan, and um, you know they've got a they've got some really big pieces back from last year's team. Their offense just had a really great weekend. Um, you know, against a good north northeastern team from uh, in Bingham Binghamton and. Um, you know, in my experience of going down to Clemson, it's always it's, it's a tough place to play. Um, you know, it's but um, we've shown the ability as a program to go into tough environments and play our game. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity tomorrow night. I know our guys are too. Yeah, I saw the uh, the game notes released. Uh, Colin Kramer's getting the ball tomorrow. Um, talk about him bouncing back uh, after Saturday, coming back and throwing. On um, getting the ball again for for a midweek matchup. Yeah, we actually had we had actually met with Colin probably a week or ten days before opening day and kind of mapped out his throwing plan. And we had talked about him starting the second game of the doubleheader probably ten days before opening day, and then just said, "Hey, look, we'll we'll see how the series is going." Um, 
you know, we had talked about if if we had been two and zero, it would have been a surefire like two innings for him, and then bring him back um, for Tuesday, kind of thing. Um, and then we talked about you know if we're not two and zero, there's really there's only two other options we could have been. Um, one of which we were, we were one and one, and just said, hey, look, if we're not two and zero, then we're gonna you know, just pitch and get us as deep as in the game. And we'll, you know, let our coaching staff kind of decide when we come get you. Um, so we probably, we probably extended them a little bit more than we wanted to. Um, but we just felt like we needed to win game three. Um, we, you know, every game we need to win, obviously. Right. But it's like, um, we weren't, we weren't, we were less concerned about Tuesday because we were one and one uh, than we would have been had we been two and zero in a sense. Um, and so we, you know, that, that all being said, he, um, he felt really good on Sunday and feels really good today. Um, so he's got big game experience for us and, you know, and I think there's probably a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth from Saturday anyway. So it's probably, it's, mm-hmm. I think it just checks a lot of boxes to get him right back out there and, you know, get, you know, get them going again so excited for it now let's talk about uh moving ahead of this weekend uh really and kevin's already getting in the the, the patriotic theme there with his red white and blue niners cap well, it's, pres- uh, it's president's day today so. it is well played kevin it's president's day so he's showing his 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 niner uh, his Niner gear and his patriotism at the same time. So well played. Uh, this weekend, more of the same, more patriotism on display. Um, we've got Army coming in for a three-game series. So um, talk talk a little bit about uh, about that and and just how that came together. Yeah, no, they um, it was actually with. So they have a new coach. Tracks is their new head coach. Um, you know, for them and um, Coach Foster, their previous head coach, had actually reached out to us about about coming down uh, to play in Charlotte because you know, I think you know West Point. There's a lot. There's a good number of alums from West Point here in the in the city, and um, you know, um, come to find out that I don't believe we've ever played in academy, if not um, certainly not Army in 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 baseball, and um, you know, just with Coach Bick's background in the Air Force Academy. Um, and our appreciation for the military and the services and, you know, everything they do to, um, you know, defend our freedom. Uh, I just thought it was a really cool opportunity for us to, to get together and play a series. So they'll come down here this weekend. And I think they just, I think they just won two of three and, and showed really well this past weekend. Um, but, you know, they're coming off of an NCAA tournament appearance, which they, are, seems like they're frequently in and um, their preseason pick to win the Patriot League, which always has, um, you know, some really, really strong teams. So um, they'll be they'll be tough. They'll be well coached. They'll be physical. They'll be competitive. Um, you know, so we'll have our work cut out for us. Um, haven't sunk my teeth too, too much into you know, video and that kind of thing on them yet. Um, just with concentrating on Clemson and then we play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Niner connection with, with army. Um, Chris Gresham, former catcher here, in Charlotte yeah. is at the first pitch dinner, um, play with, with Chris Haney. 
his son uh, Tanner Gresham is a pitcher for Army, so he's mm-hmm. a Charlotte native, and he'll be returning to town. I'm sure we'll see former Niner Chris Gresham at the, at the Hayes this weekend, and, and I'm sure he'll bring his buddies too. Yeah, yeah, I knew that was the case, and um, it's always cool when there's those kind of connections. Should be a fun weekend, although it's uh, you know it, it will be uh, and. We'll, Niner fans are going to get used to this because moving into the American, we'll play uh, Navy in football. Um, so it's always kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it is an awkward situation. Uh, <laughs> we're going to cheer for the Niners, of course, but you 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 like everybody on the field in this instance. Um, not that we don't like it. Well, okay, we don't always like everybody on the field. I'm fine, whatever. But this weekend with uh, with with a, a a dugout full of uh, West Point cadets, um, yeah, that's a little different. It's gonna be cool though. Can't wait to see it. Um, did you guys see what was that? That was you brought up Toby and Air Force. Um, they had uh, uh, they had a parachutist come in at the opening day. Kevin, we didn't do that. We just threw out a first pitch uh, at Air Force. They parachute in. The players, right? That's that's what I heard. I haven't seen video of it, um, but yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know. We need to go. We need to effort that. But um, you guys are retiring from first pitch, and you've moved on to that. Oh man, that's that might- that's negatory. <laughs> negatory. We have not moved on to that. Um, we, we can figure out. We can on. figure something else out. We'll figure out something else. Yeah, we we have moved on to reminding everyone that the game on Friday is at at 4 p.m., 2 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And if you need tickets, you can go to charlotte49ers.com and pick those up. Um, We're looking forward to seeing everybody out there. And remember, Saturday we'll be tailgating. Um, Talked about earlier in the show. um, Tailgate lot uh, open at 10 a.m. And we'll be out there. So if you're you're looking for something to do on Saturday, um, come hang out with us before the game. And – then we're going to go jump on army and um, have a, have a great series Um, coach. um, We got to get you home. We got to get you fed and and we got to get you some rest before Clemson. Um, You got any final comments on the weekend? No, I just can't emphasize it enough. Um, One, how proud I am of our guys. It's not easy. You know, ball state is a really good team. They're going to win a lot of games and likely be in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, um, to, to show that type of resiliency and toughness, it's not easy to do. And um, I'm very appreciative of, uh, you know, all the families and the parents and friends that were there, uh, f- you know, for, for opening weekend series. It's You could feel the excitement. The student section was great. And, um, you know, just we, we want to continue to, you know, to, to playing a brand of baseball here that everybody can be proud of. And uh, we've got a great opportunity tomorrow night down in Clemson, South Carolina against a really good team. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's get it. Um, I, I'm headed. I think Ke- Coach Kevin and I are coming down. We're 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 in. We're coming to Clemson tomorrow. So Please. we we got to go get some rest too, folks. That's to go and do it. We're out of time. We're past out of time. But since when have we ever been concerned about that? Look for this podcast wherever you find your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe in order to be notified of new content. You can also find Diamond Niner Report on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, but still never TikTok. Reach out anytime you'd like. We'd love hearing from you all. If you're old-fashioned like us, just say hello at the ballpark or stop by the tailgate on Saturday. That'd be even better. We'd love to love to hang out with you for a little bit. 
for Kevin, Deuce Brad, and Coach Woody. This has been Nick. We'll see you at the Hayes. Good night.